This episode is an excerpt from the August 2021 OCPHA meeting. doing every month on our weekly Zoom call is that we've been featuring a different avenue of pharmacy practice and having a little mini interview with somebody who's successful in that branch of pharmacy, um, not only to learn more about that branch, but how to, how to get there and kind of get motivated and inspired. And I've asked Clifford to be our guest this, this month. And not only, as you most of you know, is he in that branch of pharmacy, but he's also the current CPHA president. So you've got, what, Clifford, one more month? Yes. Five weeks, or we probably got it down nope. to the hours. Uh, not quite, but it'll be uh, four weeks and three day, two days. <laughs> but I'm not counting. Well, we're honored to have you. And I wanted to, uh, there's a lot that we could talk about, but I met, I met Clifford a few years ago, and it was actually at an Indian Pharmacist Association. I was fortunate to sit next to him and, and got to know him and kind of keeping in touch since then. And uh, who knew he was going to go on to such great heights with uh, with CPHA, but I'm very honored to have you with us, Clifford. And um, if you could start by telling our listening audience briefly um, the pathway that you've taken from pharmacy school to what you're doing today. Well, thank you very much, Rod, for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, that other minor fact is I actually am an OCPHA member preparing for retirement. I should so, have noted that. Thank you. We are preparing for retirement. The consulting part came purely by looking at an ad in something called a newspaper. Answered an ad, and it was primarily because I was tired and sick of the other portions of pharmacy that I had been involved with, and it was worth taking a chance to escape. I won't mention the employers, but uh, it was worth taking a chance on this thing called consulting. And I was lucky enough to have several more senior consultants actually show me the ropes. So I learned consulting the old fashioned way. Uh, I learned it from someone else. So when you were going through pharmacy school, what was your dream or plan at that time? I had absolutely no idea. I had no, if you told me that I would be president of CPHA, I would have laughed. If you told me I was going to be in academia, Everyone would have laughed. I wasn't exactly <laughs> Rokai. And long-term care, no one even knew what that was. So I went into a, a standard community job with uh, a very large HMO in California. And I thought that I'd be there for 30 years. And I can, I can say to the young folks, the best thing I ever did was leave that employer because it opened up a whole new group of opportunities that I knew nothing about in school. It was never presented. So it was worth taking a chance. Well, I think, you know, one of the the good things that I've learned is you really, if you're going to make changes in your career, do it for positive reasons, you know, go on to something that you, that follows your passion, that fits you more than what you've been doing and sounded like you did. And so define for those of us that aren't that familiar with LTC, kind of what, what the job in a nutshell, does, and if there's anything interesting in that profession going on today. Long-term care is a generic term for two sets of pharmacists, uh, both serving the long-term care institutional community. So it's patients in skilled nursing, assisted living, um, other types of custodial institutional care for whatever reason they're in. Um, the two different types of pharmacists you have are the dispensing pharmacists who are actually in the pharmacy 
who are fulfilling product just like they would be in a hospital or in a community pharmacy setting. The second group of pharmacists are the consultants who are actually mandated by federal and state law to go into the institution and actually go through the resident drug regimen on a monthly or quarterly basis, depending on what situation you're in. Skilled nursing, it's every month. For assisted living, those type of situations, it's every quarter. And if someone tells you that that is not clinical pharmacy, I will tell you where else can you actually walk down the hallway and talk to the patient? Where do you have access, ready access to labs, physician orders? I can make recommendations for therapy changes, lab monitoring, everything. So I'm not sh- if, if you think that's not clinical pharmacy, I don't know what that definition is. It does not require a residency to get into. Just it requires someone who is kind of detail oriented, maybe a little anal uh, and willing to go through patient profiles to make sure you have the those really complicated things that we're all taught very early in pharmacy school. Right drug, right dose, right frequency, right indication to the right person. It is as simple or it is as complex as that. Can someone become a consultant, LTC or um, right out of pharmacy school or, or does that need to be preceded by some experience in the field? You can walk right into it as long. And it's just like any other situation, whether it's a hospital, a independent pharmacy, a nuclear pharmacy, so long as you have someone who's willing to mentor you, because I don't care if you come out with a first year, second year postgraduate residency, you still don't know the nuts and bolts of working in a pharmacy and dealing with patients. So as long as you have that mentorship, then you're good to go. For not only new grads, but maybe uh, even veteran pharmacists that might be thinking of maybe going in that direction, what advice could you give for somebody that, that wants to take similar footsteps as you've done? Um, you have to be persistent because just like everywhere else, there's a little bit of a contraction in the, in the demand right now. Um, you may have to join on with a, as an employee to kind of learn the ropes, to learn some of the state or federal regulations, but it is something that you can go off on your own. If you are someone who works well with little supervision, this is perfect for you. If you can manage your own schedule, make sure you get things done that need to be done without people prodding you and having a foot in your butt. I can't think of a better avenue of pharmacy than this one. And if you want to do the clinical stuff, you have all that information in front of you. What what information do you want? It's there. Labs, x-rays, consults. And if you really wanted to, the patient is right down the hall and you can ask them yourself. So I think it's actually even better for the more senior pharmacists because pace is on your own. You you hold yourself to your standard. And I know that sometimes as an employee, depending on what the environment is like, you just do it to do it. But here you can be as particular as you want. And if you think about the fact that you are there for that particular patient and no one else is looking at their drug regimen, this is a great opportunity to do what you were taught to do. So the... Um... I would think the profile of who should go into this type of pharmacy would include some good people skills. You're definitely dealing directly with the with the end user and and in most cases they're they're not healthy people you're talking with. You're in a hospital or institution, so it's a whole different kind of personality and empathy and and ability. I I would think the average age of your patients are up there. 
Would that be true? Nobody is looking at grandma or grandpa's meds better than probably you're it. Because a lot of the family members don't necessarily know the detail that we know. They can't pull all of those ancillary health care pieces together as well as we can. I mean, yeah, I know dietitians do a great job and the x-ray people do a great job. But, you know, we're trained to pull a lot of stuff together. So I think that's where we're uniquely qualified to do this. Well, I think everybody on this call is considering uh, switching to LTC right now. You've, you've sold it. I want to pivot just a bit and ask about how you came to become president of CPHA. If you said that was not your dream, it just happened. But I don't think anybody wakes up and runs, runs for that position. You had to, you had to lay the, the foundation and, and you did. So tell everybody how you did that. Funny. I thought I was elected as head janitor. <laughs> um, I can tell you from a, from my undergraduate days at UC Davis, I was always a joiner into organizations, whether it was undergraduate fraternity, pharmacy fraternity. Um, at the time, they called it, it's called ASP now, but it was called Student American Pharmacist Association. I've always wanted to be involved. And it could be one of those things where I was making up for some other deficiencies that I may have had, but uh, I always found satisfaction in being involved. And it has paid dividends going forward. I think it's a great way to go. So getting involved at the local chapter obviously seems like the starting point. Um, yep. And, and I'm lucky because in Fresno, which is where I started out, and I'm still, I still belong to Central Valley Association, you know, we don't have as many active members as we do in Orange County. Uh, sometimes when it's coming around to who's running for president next, you look around the table and go, you haven't done it yet. It's your turn. So you're kind of thrown into that a little bit. Um, and that's not unusual, but you do, you don't have to look at it as a huge commitment. I have to figure out a way to say this minus the obscenities because my wife said when I became president of the Fresno group, she goes, so are you going to do what the group wants or are you going to do what you bleeping want to do? And I said, well, I'm happy to take suggestions, but if no one else says anything, then we're doing the bleeping stuff I want to do. And Fresno was a good place because we were able to do things that were out of the box and, you know, things like cigar night. That was like one of our largest attended events. And we still do it to this day. Uh, we had go to the range day. That was also extremely well attended and had really good mentors there too. Uh, I'm sure some of you know a guy named Carl Franklin. Great, great guy. Um, so when you have people like that who are, who care so much about the profession, it rubs off on you. So got into, I did actually a lot of stuff with ASCP, the consultant groups on the, on the national level. Um, I was on board trustees for two full terms. And I'll say this uh, so people don't give up. I ran for president of ASCP four times. Not only did I not win, I couldn't even get slated. And there were some times when I knew I was the only person who put their name in. I was a senior board member, couldn't get slated. So I'm just saying this because you know, where you think your path is going to be, uh, those skills are transferable somewhere else. And, you know, kind of when I saw the glass ceiling and hitting my head against it enough, um, you know, I'd been doing stuff for CPHA for quite a while and it kind of just took off from there. So those skills are transferable. It may be in a different place than you thought, but I think it turned out for the best because uh, I'm more of a small groups type of person versus if I'd run a national organization. Well, we're looking forward to when your skills are transferable down here to OC full time. Give up that that uh, Fresno gig. 
and uh, we will we will line the streets with with the flowers waiting for that day. <laughs> so um, thanks again, Clifford. Really Thank appreciate you, it. Appreciate it. Uh,